Yowza, 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 indeed. What's going on, everybody? It's your boy, Matt Kennedy, one half of the Five Films From podcast here. Wanted to take a second today before Todd and I get started on the episode to say thanks for listening. And to ask that if you've been enjoying the show, make sure you like, subscribe, and maybe even leave a five-star review on the podcast platform of your choice. Doing that's going to really help us to connect with more movie-loving listeners just like you. Also, we wanted to give y'all an update on some of the stuff we're working away on for Season 2. Got a lot of good episodes lined up real soon. For example, uh, Todd's currently editing our two-part season premiere on five films from... It's actually going to be ten films from the two-part, or we're going to be doing Brian De Palma. We'll also be gonna getting into some more idiosyncratic stuff with guys like Stuart Rosenberg and Larry Cohen, as well as you know real Hollywood legends like Robert Altman and fan favorites like John Landis and Tony Scott. Again, be sure to subscribe so you can be among the first to hear all of our newest five films from content as soon as it drops. Totally. Lastly, if you're still listening, <laughs> be sure to be on the lookout for our upcoming Patreon feed. We'll be offering all kinds of bonus episodes, things like double features, commentary tracks, etc. 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 And special things like five films from directors who have only made one film and five films from the 70s disaster movie genre. Absolutely. So yeah, a lot of things lined up, good things on the horizon for FFF. And yeah, that's all I got for you. Enjoy the show. With Mac Kennedy and Todd Edmondson. All right, we're back. Cool. Talking about 1979's movie Being There. personal favorites yeah uh just because i just think that now am i wrong is this peter sellers last movie so he made a i think a movie or two after this he made some fu manchu comedy oh, or God, something I but yeah but this was sort of his last successful movie. real movie yeah. yeah and he was nominated for an oscar for it i think it's generally like regarded as probably his best performance uh, yeah yeah i like to watch he just had this uncanny knack for becoming people. What's the story about Dr. Strangelove? He had almost convinced Kubrick that he could play every part well, in the was, movie. This, he was supposed to play the Slim Pickens part also, but I think he... So he he had convinced him he was going to play yeah. everybody in the huh. entire movie. When he, and they whittled it down to three. <laughs> and it, I, I think he an injury or something is what prevented him from getting in the plane and doing the Slim Pickens part. No kidding. Yeah, it was supposed to be four. Well, his, his ability, his, his knack for characterization uh, was just really on display in this movie. Yeah. I mean, he's great in the movie. Yeah. yeah, yeah. He's, it's really a, a uncanny performance. And yeah. There's yeah. The, uh, all the mannerisms and the sort of very literal way that Chance the Gardener says things. I like to watch. 
things. Yeah, yes. yeah, yeah. So, yeah, he plays this it's character Jersey, named, It's a Jersey Kaczynski. Uh, Jersey Kaczynski, who may have plagiarized it off of a Polish novel. I read that, yeah, too. Yeah, 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 yeah. May have plagiarized a lot of stuff, I guess, <laughs> Jersey Kaczynski. I don't uh, know. I wrote The Painted Bird. He was, yeah. uh, he was supposed to be at the Tate House when the murders happened. That's right. That is true. Yeah, yeah. there was a luggage mix-up. Yeah. That's right. And that he skated true. that one. Yep. Or otherwise we wouldn't have had this movie, maybe. That's true. Yeah. That's true. And you know, uh, the he's credited with the screenplay for it, but there's controversy there as well, because apparently his version of the screenplay that he turned in was not good. <laughs> and uh, so Robert C. Jones, Bob Jones, who was an editor who worked with Ashby, worked with Ashby a lot, came in and rewrote it pretty much from front to back. Beautiful. Um, but Jerzy Kaczynski was not happy about that, so he took it to arbitration. He got credit because he wrote the first draft. Screenplay by Jersey Kaczynski. No Robert Jones anywhere. And then he wins the Oscar. No yep. shit. I knew yep. there was something about that. Yep. That aspect of the of the movie that really. Yep. Yeah. That's so that's wild. a little. That's rough, huh? That's wild. Yeah. That's rough. What I loved about this movie is that it's 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 political satire but they say that some of the best comedy is based on fact and this movie feels so true to what you would imagine Washington the elite to be Melvin Douglas plays um, apparently very very wealthy kingmaker his daughter Shirley MacLaine is just a what's his wife or his wife, his wife yeah. yeah that's right his wife very privileged woman blah 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 um the movie opens where uh, where um, Peter Sellers is a gardener for a rich, wealthy man in Baltimore or something somewhere near Washington. Near I think Washington. it's just in Washington. Yeah, yeah I think they're in, just Washington, in Washington, outside of outside of you know uh, Chevy Chase, Maryland, or somewhere like that. And it's got a he's got kind of a small estate with a big backyard, and Chauncey's the gardener. Or it's and, just uh, Chance. It's it, Chance the gardener. Yeah, right? Chance he's, the gardener. Yeah, he becomes Chauncey Gardener later. But later yeah, he's with just, a real name, yeah. He's Chance, and, and so the, the, so old, the man old man who, dies. The old man dies. Right. And, uh... So His maid, a black maid, says... Black maid tells him about it. Good morning, Louise. He's dead, Chance. The old man's dead. I see. He wasn't breathing, and as cold as a fish... I touched him just to see. Chance? You sure you could spare the time? I'm surprised you had any time at all. Cover him up. Pull the sheet over his head. Big deal. Nobody looks at anything Oh, Lord. What a morning. Yes, Louise. It looks like it's going to snow. Have you seen the garden? It feels just like it's going to Damn snow. It, boy. But I love you too. Is that all you got to say? That old man is lying up there, dead as hell, and it just don't make any difference to you. And then David Clennon plays a lawyer who shows up, uh, and you never want to trust David Clennon when he shows up in a movie. <laughs> That's right. And he plays a lawyer who shows up, and he, along with another lady who looks like Faye Dunaway, uh, sort of kick him out of the house. Mr. Chance, I would like to know what sort of claim you're planning to make against the deceased's estate. Garden is a healthy one, Thomas. I, I, 
I, I have no claim. I see. Would you be willing to sign a paper to that effect? You're the whole group? I don't know how to sign, Thomas. Very well, Mr. Chance. I have no alternative but to inform you that this house is now closed. If indeed you have resided here, you have no legal right to remain. You'll have to move out by, let's say, noon tomorrow. I don't understand move out. Call me, or have your attorney call me if you change your mind about signing. And Chauncey, the gardener, grew up in this in this estate, basically. Right, and, and he, he, I don't no think he's the child of the guy. No, no, no. He no says, I don't think so, when asked yeah, that, yeah. yeah. He doesn't really know. He's a complete simpleton. Right. He's grown up in a world where he works in the garden and he watches TV. That's all he does. And he's an adult man. At usually, this point. kids' TV. You know, right, yeah, right. usually like Sesame. Yeah, he gravitates toward that. Yeah. Sort of the kids' TV, and he's an adult person at this point, with no education at all. He's grown up in this bubble, and it, that's illustrated by the fact that when he does leave the house, he's suddenly in the middle of this uh, this urban decay. That with he the knows 2001 about. A Space Odyssey, yeah, like a real so funky great. version of 2001 A Space yeah, Odyssey. Yeah, it's Diodato's version. Yeah. It's, you know, I think it's like he's he's going to this other world for him, right? Yeah, totally yeah, yeah. a different world. Great long shot yeah. of him walking down the median. Yeah, that a is a great shot. Highway. And Caleb Deschanel shot this movie, another one of the great cinematographers there of that go. era. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and that's the premise is all of a sudden this this. Uh, he sees himself on TV walking past the TV shop, <laughs> and he is like stepping backwards to try to see himself. And then he gets hit by a car, and it's Shirley MacLaine yeah. in the car. You know, why don't you come to our house, and we could take care of you there. Your house? Mm -hmm. My husband's been very ill. The doctor and the nurses are staying with us. Hospitals can be so impersonal. I agree. Fine. That'll save a lot of unnecessary fuss, and it'll be that much more pleasant for you. He wants to basically ensure that they're not going to get sued. So she takes him back to their house where he meets Melvin Douglas. And uh, his name he says his name is Chance the Gardener, but he tries to eat chokes on the drink that she gives him. So it sounds like he's saying Chauncey Gardener. Mm -hmm. May I ask your name? <laughs> Chance. Chance? Chauncey Gardner. Mr. Chauncey Gardner. Are you related to Basil and Perdita Gardner? No, I'm not related to Basil and Perdita. Well, they are such a wonderful couple. So that's what they call him for the rest of the movie, and it's basically he goes to this estate of the Rands, Ben Rand, played by Melvin Douglas, and Eve, played by Shirley MacLaine. 
And uh, so what what happens from there? He just is able to insinuate himself into the circles of power. He doesn't even have to. That, that was, what's great is he doesn't even have to insinuate himself with anybody. Is there anyone we could notify for you? No. The old man died and Louise left. Oh. I'm... I'm very sorry. Well... Well, I do hope your injury won't prevent you from attending to business, Mr. Gardner. Hmm. You need a secretary? No, thank you. My house was shut down. You mean... You mean your business was shut down? Yes. Shut down and closed by the attorneys. What did I tell you? That's exactly what I mean. The businessman today is at the mercy of kid lawyers from the SEC. It's happening to everyone, I'm afraid. The way things are going, they'll probably legislate the medical profession as we know it right out of existence. Yes. Right out of existence. He just has these simplistic answers to everything. Right. And everybody, and Melvin Douglas, and they just become enamored with him. And right. he doesn't really do anything special other than just be this. He's, and all his answers tend to be very literal about gardening, and people will think he's speaking in metaphors. Right, You right, know, these right. guys are all these, like, big Republican-type businessmen talking about, you know, the economy, you know, things are hard for the uh, businessmen, and, 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 and his answer blah, blah, blah. is, there will be growth in the spring. And, and they all go, oh, yeah. Oh, he's he's predicting, you know. Well, you know, maybe maybe the economy is just a con game based on people's uh, feelings. Right, <laughs> yeah, right, maybe, maybe that's right. all it and is. And then suddenly he becomes Melvin Douglas's advisor by by media proxy because yeah. they discover him, and Melvin Douglas is like, "This is my guy." Yeah. you know, I've and he, he's again, my discovery. He's just, he's always just saying these silly things that yeah, don't mean these, a single thing. Yeah, it's just these really empty platitudes that are just like something out of a kid's book something about like they at one point uh they ask him like what newspapers do you read and he's like i do not read papers i watch tv and i just thought about ronald reagan was elected the next year oh <laughs> wow the, yeah or like a couple yeah the next year as if and and as if that his his this character's uh <clears throat> predilection to watching TV growing up meant it had some value. And it doesn't have any value. No, it it's just one guy. But people just want to fall for the con. People, right, exactly. they, they want to, you know, they interpret all these things in empty nothingness, which it works as political satire because what do you hear from any sort of powerful politician or whatever? In yeah. Empty hear, nonsense. Yeah. I mean, we're talking about... Uh, blah, 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 blah. <laughs> <laughs> We're talking about Uncle Joe too, you know. Right, he says yeah. he says all the right things because he's a politician. All the right things he, that he, don't mean anyway. Well, he's a pro. He's yeah. a pro from Dover or Wilmington or wherever he's from. You know, he's he's. Uh, that's why he's here and then today. This, this movie's president is Jack Warden, uh, yeah, who meets Chauncey Gardner and then like is just always kind of freaked out by him. Use whatever agencies are necessary to put together a detailed history of Chauncey Gardner. Have it in my office tomorrow at 7. Gotta take a leak. Right, Chief. Ben, as I'm sure, is 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 Jack Warden's biggest donor. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, and he's, he's elections are coming up, 
and he's really on edge. God, he's so great. He is great, yeah. And his wife is this like a weird little running joke where his wife is like always trying to like get on him and try to like get like get him like to have sex with her or whatever because they're in the bed and she's like rubbing (laughs) on him and he's just watching fucking Peter Sellers who's now on a TV show. President compared the economy of this country to a garden, and he stated after a period of decline, a time of growth would naturally follow. Yes, it is possible for uh, everything to grow strong. And there is plenty of room for new trees and new flowers of all kinds. And uh, the one guy who's even remotely suspicious is the doctor, played by Richard Dysart uh, Mm -hmm. from The Thing. Yeah, he's the Mm -hmm. only one who really, in, in the whole universe of the movie he seems to really have any pro- uh, hey, and uh, he's melvin douglas's doctor mm. too and he's like you, you really you really you know really yeah <laughs> he's kind of like really and, it, and it's great cutaways too going back to the the original attorney and the and the female attorney mm-hmm. that show up at, at uh, mm-hmm. chauncey's house they're in a bar, and yeah. there's three different people in the bar who all know scene. a little bit yeah. about him, but they're not connected. That together. is a really good scene. I'm glad yeah. you brought that yeah. up because it it bail it's it uh, camera just pans from one to the next one. Yeah, little, and they're all yeah. in the same room it's talking about stuff. the same guy, and they mm-hmm. don't know it. What is it about his background that they're trying to cover up? A criminal record, a membership in a subversive organization? Homosexual, perhaps. And he told me that he had been living there since he was a child, working as a gardener. He showed us a room in the garage where he said he stayed, and, I, well, I didn't really believe him, of course, but why the act? And I, lo- I love the, I love the, the, the maid who's there forever. She said, All you gotta be is white in America to get whatever you want. So, I mean, there is a lot of, like, good, funny political satire in here that I, I really do enjoy. And it's a movie I liked watching. Um, as we get closer to the end, uh, so Shirley MacLaine and Chauncey get closer, and then, uh, you know... He, it's, a, the, the, it's sort of like, follow the money. It, it, he says, I like to watch. And she right, takes yeah. that to mean, you know, so she's pleasuring herself. It's just really and, hilarious. And as, you know, Ben is dying... Uh, Basically, Ben kind of says that you know I, I want you to I want you to be with my wife when I'm dead. Like he kind of yeah, sets him up. I want you yeah, to take care of her. Right, yeah, yeah. Are you going to die now? I think I'm going to surrender the horn of plenty for the horn of Gabriel, Chauncey. I hope that you'll stay here with Eve. Take care of her. She cares for you. Watch over her. She's a delicate flower. A flower. Yes, Ben. Yeah, it's really, uh, that's the only time you ever see any real emotion uh, uh, about Out of Chauncey. Chance, yeah. yeah, where he's just like, are you are you dying, Ben? Yeah, and it, it's a really great scene between both of them. The acting is really sort of... Really, really Beautiful, tight. and 
you know, he's the doctor's trying to interrogate him soon after that. And... You've become quite a close friend of Eve's, haven't you? Chance. Yes. Yes. I. I love Eve very much. And you really are a gardener, aren't you? I, I am a gardener. Well, I'll go and tell Eve about Ben. I understand. Which is what Chance always says. Right. Yeah. I understand. What do you think about the ending? Like the final bit, the funeral. Uh, you know. So we... after Ben dies, they're at a funeral. They're at Ben's funeral. The president's giving a eulogy, and they keep intercutting between the president's eulogy and the pallbearers who are trying to like, because the president's going down, right? And so they're trying to think of a new candidate and eventually like they kind of whisper among themselves, let's run Chauncey Gardner. Right. And you hear the president saying, Life is a state of mind. Chance the Gardner, it, it cuts to him sort of off to the side somewhere and he walks on the water. Right. And what do you think about that? I, I think this, I, I just thought the symbolism of it was just, it's the whole, it's buying into the whole Illuminati conspiracy theory that there are power brokers who decide who the president is. And the fact that he walks on water, it's just, he sticks his umbrella mm. right next to him. It's very deep. That's, uh, that's a, probably an inside Washington joke, but yeah, walking on water. That came from Caleb Deschanel, I guess, was put the umbrella in it so people would know he was walking on water instead of like on some submerged bridge. I thought it was kind of weird. I don't know, because, you know, the most obvious image is the Christ-like image, of right, course. of walking on water. Of course. And to me, is it, with the sort of very gentle Johnny Man Mandel score, is the movie like, this whole movie is, is being making fun of people who are buying Chance's faux wisdom, but then the movie presents him as like this wise figure. It's, is it all a joke? Am I just it's not getting it? It's a joke, yeah. Okay, I took it to be a joke that it, and, and, and it's the whole joke is on us. Yeah, American politics is is kind of like yeah. It's it. I feel yeah. Everybody is preformed and everybody is presented and everybody is laid out there. The fact that Chauncey Gardner is oblivious to everything kind of has a sort of a strange perfection about it. I thought that image of him walking on the water was over the top. It, I, think I think it's it, ridiculous. Yeah, I don't... To me, honestly, it makes me not like the movie as much. <laughs> I, it yeah. really... It, yeah. it got half a star down because, um, you know, there's also the idea, which I kind of like this thought, where it's, you know, he, he walks on water simply because it doesn't occur to him that it's any different because he's just so simple. Like, that's... Well, I, I thought maybe that he is walking on something just right. by accident. Uh, I don't know where that, again, it might be a Washington inside joke. It's in front of the monument. Right. Real deep long shot. And it might be that there's some kind of dividing wall under the water. There's something he's standing on. Right. No, yeah, I and, know. And, but... But, but that's, that's, yeah, it just, it's just, 
he has just stepped into a whole bucket of shit from the get-go. And, and everybody makes him out to be something he isn't. And the idea is that people settle for relative calm and platitudes. Right, and that's what Chauncey is giving them. That's, that's yeah, what, what, what is what we talk about Joe Biden, right? Exactly. We're talking about yeah, Joe yeah. Biden. You stick with sure. the evil you know. But there's also, I think... In watching the movie, like, it's presented with such a kind of stately, like, sweetness that it's easy to read the movie as sincerely presenting him as a Christ figure. Yeah, I think you're right. And I think a lot of people do. And I think that's, like, a mistake. Yeah, it's <laughs> yeah. a mistake. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. And, you know... Uh, uh, well, maybe that's part of the point, and Hal too, Ashby is that even, we... Hal Ashby even said that somewhere in one of these uh, documentaries I watched, there was something where... It was the someone objected. Well, only Christ walks on water, and Hal Ashby said, uh, "Well, isn't the innocence of chance a Christ-like s- simplicity?" And I'm like, "Dude, are you just saying that?" He is just yeah, saying that. Yeah, I, 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 I don't buy that. I don't either. either. But I think a lot of people read it that way. I think it was hard for me to not read it that way. Even yeah. though I knew better in my head, but it just—it's presented yeah. so sincerely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's—it's the one of these movies I'm not entirely on board with for that reason. <laughs> but it's a lot of really great stuff in it, no doubt. Yeah. Um, what and you know, the, one, one of the things I distinctly remember about seeing the movie for the first time is that it ends on this—it ends on this incredible, almost supernatural mark of a moment yeah, that we've just been discussing. Supernatural yeah. kind of to get—is this really happening? Is this really the way it works right. in in the world in America? And then you get to the credits and all this beautiful music, and it's all just like happy. Well, it's, it's Peter and then they have the, the outtake. The, the outtake immediately. Yeah, it cuts from one to the other, and it, it's a really funny outtake. Now get this honky. <laughs> I was, sorry, carry on. <laughs> but you know what's interesting about that is Peter Sellers did not want that to be in the movie. And Hal Ashby put it in over Sellers' objection, and Sellers blamed that for why he didn't win the Oscar. Really? Because it took people out of the movie. And, I... and in the British release, they took it out. They, really? Yeah. I did not know that. They just play the credits over Johnny Mandel. I, yeah, it does kind of burst the bubble of of, uh, of the whole suspension of disbelief. and, and But everybody knows Peter Sellers is a comic actor. Yeah, I know. It's a strange you argument know, that I don't totally buy from Peter, but that's... I uh, mean, you know, I, I could see the argument going both ways with, it, with those outtakes. Yeah. But I think it's sort of like, hey... I, it didn't bother me. It bothered yeah. Peter Sellers. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I love Peter Sellers. Yeah. And, and, uh, yeah, I can see where it's just like saying, oh, it's just a movie. I mean, yeah. The other reason he didn't win the Oscar might be because that was a fucking wild category that year. I bet. Because, like I said, Dustin Hoffman won for Kramer versus Kramer. Uh, you also had Jack Lemmon for the China Syndrome, which, you know, pretty mm, good. He was pretty great. good, yeah. But the two other absolute killers, Al Pacino in Injustice for All and Roy Scheider and all that jazz. No shit. Yeah. Wow. So that's a hell. I mean, that's a, a very stacked category. I love injustice for all. You're out of order. You're out of order. I don't yeah, being there, I just remember. I I remember feeling that that it was, that it was kind of it was kind of profound. It has it has a certain authenticity because that conspiracy theory. A lot of people believe it, and 
it presents it. And it's a movie about a conspiracy right. theory. And, you know, basically. the idea maybe is walking on water in the sense that, like, he's now got the power behind him and can do anything. That's, right? yeah, that's the, the other symbolism, way of looking at it. Right, yeah. Right. yeah, the symbolism it's, there, yeah. It's yeah. just an elusive... I, it doesn't quite... I mean, I understand the arguments for both ways. It doesn't quite land with me. I don't yeah, think. Yeah. yeah, I know. It's, yeah, yeah. They're yanking our chain. Yeah. Big time. Um. Anyways... Uh, is that all we got? Oh, a couple of funny things that are on the TV that Chance is watching. Um, <laughs> yeah. I want, let's just play those over, over this real quick. Basketball Jones is watching. <laughs> basketball And there's a great moment where uh, he's being carried out of Shirley MacLaine's car on a wheelchair while Basketball Jones is still playing. <laughs> and it becomes like soundtrack music. Yeah, yeah, And then yeah. the other one, right in the beginning, uh, Natural Light. You can call me Ray, or you can call me Jay. Yeah, yeah that's great. So that's some funny shit. Uh, and the estate that they shot on? Uh, Biltmore Estate in North Carolina, which was the Vanderbilt home. Yeah. yeah. Biggest home in the country. Wow. Even supposed to be Washington, D.C., outside of a McDonald's. There's a couple of <laughs> But I guess in real life, that's where it was shot. Beautiful. There you go. Yeah. Cool. All right. Well, being there, catch it. Be yeah. there.